This is the Tanakh Podcast. My name is Alex Israel. Today, Shmuel Aleph, Perak Hay. In chapter 4, we saw the way that Bnei Israel seeking to be victorious in war brought the Ark of the Covenant to the battlefront. And of course, the, battle, the, the Ark of the Covenant, the Aron Habrit, is a very effective war machine. We say the Psukim pretty often in Shul, And when the Aron traveled, Moses said, Arise Hashem, scatter your enemies, and those who hate you, let them flee from before you. But of course, it is not a foolproof war machine, because it is Hashem who has to scatter his enemies. And clearly, in the event of Chofni Pinchas, the corrupt priests, Hashem has no desire to help the Jewish people, who are simply using the Aron as a means to protect themselves, and especially when Chofni Pinchas are holding the Ark, God is in no mood to scatter our enemies for him. But, as we see in our chapter, the Ark has been taken captive by the Philistines, and it is them who see the act of capture of the Ark as a victory over the gods of Israel. When the Ark had come to the camp, the Philistines said, Ba Elohim machane. God has come to the camp, and now that they have captured, defeated Israel and captured the Ark, they feel that their gods are victorious over Hashem. And therefore, we read in the opening verse of Perak Hei, They took the Ark of God, They take it to their the house of their God, Dagon. Interesting name, Dagon. Some people think it comes from the word Dag. The Philistines are known as sea people who come from the Greek islands and invaded the land of Canaan from the Greek islands, so could it be that their god is related to a dug, dagon, a, 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 a fish? The, the other option, which is uh, archaeologists say is more reliable, is that in fact it comes from the word dagan, from the idea of, of, of grain, that somehow it was the god which gave success to their grain, and indeed they display the aron in front of their god. But the next morning they get up, and Dagon nofel the fun of Arta, and the statue of Dagon has fallen on the ground before the ark. Lifnearon Hashem, they put it back, and the next morning they get up, and he's fallen down again. And this time, his head and his two hands have been uh, deca- he's been decapitated, and his hands have been cut off. Well, apparently, what comes along with this is also a a epidemic. Uh, it talks about in the Hebrew afelim. The the Kree says tchorim, which is hemorrhoids or piles, not a very pleasant illness. I was reading about this because it seems like people are actually dying in this illness. And that doesn't happen with hemorrhoids. If you read here um, in verse 10, it says the people of Ekron say, You've brought me the ark to kill me and my people. And later on, we read in the next chapter that when they return the ark, they return it with images of rats or achbarei zahav, golden mice. 
And uh, a plague which is actually carried by mice, or by, by rats, I should say, is bubonic plague, which I think was the Black Death. So could it be that what actually happening is happening here is something far more severe than just a case of hemorrhoids? And in fact, it's bubonic plague and people are dying. So you've got the battle of the gods where the Ark of the, the, the Covenant is um, causing havoc with the images of Dagon and throwing their images on the floor and also an accompanying plague, which is killing people in all of the Philistine towns. And then we see the Aron being taken first to Ashdod and then to Gut and then from there to Ekron. And at the end of the chapter, we uh, read about how they want to return it back. They say, um, um, send the Ark of the God of Israel and let it return to its place. So this is really quite, quite incredible that the Ark knows exactly how to take care of itself, we should say. And when we read this story, I think you can't uh, not hear echoes of the plagues of Egypt behind this chapter. For example, we have Vatichbad uh, Yad Hashem, the whole time, Vatihi Yad Hashem Ba'ir. And at the end, Kavdam Od Yad HaElohim Sham. The notion of Yad Hashem, which is very prominent in the story of the Ten Plagues. Uh, first of all, the word Vayach, the word Makot, in the words, uh, for example, Vayach HaBarad B'chol Eretz Mitzrayim, the word Makot is here. Vayach Otam B'Torim, he smote them with hemorrhoids. Vayach Etan Ha'ir. So the use of the word Magifa, um, here in our, in our chapter, um, they talk about Ki Magifa Achat Lekulam in the next chapter. And of course, we know that in, in the story of the plagues of Egypt, the word Magifa, the word, as I said before, Yad Hashem, um, appears, the first, certainly the Yad HaChazaka, and here the word Yad Hashem is, um, is, is mentioned, Vayichbad, you know, Kaved Lev Paro. Even we have the notion of getting up early in the morning, they get up early in the morning and they see the their God on the floor and we remember that Moses was always told to get up early in the morning and meet Pharaoh by the river. We hear, just like in Egypt, where um, after the plague of the firstborn, there was a great cry throughout Egypt. We read in our chapter, verse 10, 11, 12, the people of their cries went up to heaven. So, and maybe I'll say the end of the chapter, which talks about the idea that Shalchu etaron Elohe Yisrael sounds very much like Shalach etami, send forth my people. So what's fascinating here is that what the Ark is actually unleashing is the equivalent of the plagues of Egypt. And to just put the, the cherry on the top of this particular Mahalach, let's go back to the previous chapter, in chapter 4, verse 8, when the Philistines saw the Ark of God coming to the camp, they said, Oilanu, woe to us, Elohim adirim eila. who will save us from these great gods? This is the God, the God of the Ark of the Covenant, who uh, smote Makimet Mitraim, who smote Egypt. They talk about gods in the plural because they're polytheists. Bechol Makkah. 
Now, as we read in the first verse of the next chapter, this is a situation which endured for seven months. Seven months the ark is in the land of the Philistines, but it's during this time that God really shows his power. And much like Egypt, we see the intertextuality here, much like Egypt, where the Jewish people sit back and God, obviously in Egypt through Moses, um, but God acts alone, unleashing his power against the people of Egypt and the God of Egypt. Here too, God unleashes his power against the God of the Philistines, against the people of the Philistines, until they make the decision to return the ark. More next time. Thank you. See you then.